if you have good people, you know, it's it's that are they willing to do it? It's, if they have the willingness, um, it's worth investing and in helping them get, whether it's acquiring a new skill or just understanding a new process. So we've tried to be patient with the people who we really know or knew could help us scale the organization. Welcome back to another episode, and today we have got none other than Hal Cohen. Hal, tell us who you are and what do you do? Hey, Todd. Thanks for having me. My name is Hal Cohen, as you said. I am the CEO of Bridge Tower Media. Bridge Tower is the authoritative voice of insights and marketing solutions across 40 brands in five primary sectors across the U.S., and those sectors are general business, legal, construction, HR, and home furnishings. All right, so what does that all mean? Well, Bridge Tower grew yeah. up really as a siloed organization. And, you know, back in the day, so to speak, our primary means of reaching our audience was through a print product, right? So we have the Massachusetts Lawyers Weekly, which is the, the, the voice of authority in Massachusetts. It still is to this day. Um, right. But we had to take an organization, again, with 40 plus brands and build one organization, transform that organization and create one that's now centered around what we call providing data insights and connections to our constituents. And the linchpin of all one this- ring to rule them all. Exactly. I mean, the linchpin, again, you know, what we're all trying to do is leverage our first party data because we know the importance of that. Um, and by leveraging right. that first party data, that differentiates us from our competitors, from others in the space, from others in, you know, agencies who are trying to compete for the same business. And we use that data to provide, again, insights to our readers. We do it through subscriptions. We do it through database products. We do it through live events and webinars. And on an aggregated level, we use that data, that first party data to provide insights to marketers who want to reach the hundreds of thousands of executives that we reach across the U.S. Um, so, again, right, we've right. taken this legacy business and I can't say we're there yet, but we're in the process of building a whole new type of business centered around these data insights and connections. All right. So the thing I love about what you just said is a couple things. First of all, you are not the founder of this company, but you have worked your way up to now you are the CEO of the, of the company. I love that, by the way. I think it's awesome. How has that been as an operator to come into somebody else's vision of a company and now jump in and make the changes that you feel like the company needs to do what you want it to do? Well, it's been an interesting journey, um, to bet. say the least. I could say the first few years, it was extremely challenging um, under prior ownership because we knew what we wanted to do. We had the vision, but we didn't have the funding or the resources to make the changes that we knew we needed to change. Over right. the past few years, we've gotten a great partner. We're private equity backed. We got a partner who had the same vision that we had and was willing to cool. make the investments that we needed. So investments in talent, that, investments. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, was that was that PE that you that you uh, brought in? How connected to that was the vision? I mean, were they a pretty strategic set of money that you needed? They were, but it's, they're interesting in that they are industry agnostic. So they didn't have oh. the background in this sector, uh, but they can see based on meetings with us, we kind of we kind of created an aligned vision where we needed to cool. go. And they saw it and were willing and, and excited to invest in it. 
And and was this a, a choice that you made because you wanted specifically any any money, or is this a choice you made because you felt like they were strategic for you to get you in front of a different audience that you hope to be in? I I, I ask this because there's a lot of people that raise stupid money, and there's a lot of people that raise strategic money, and I'm, I'm kind of curious. How did that process go with you? Because it sounds like you've raised the right kind of money. Well, we went through a very rigorous process. We met with over 20 different, primarily private equity firms, a few strategics. And yeah, yeah. no, we found one who we had a, an aligned vision with. And this was, we did this through COVID, mind you. So we were acquired in 20, <laughs> October of 2020. Um, right. So we did it this way, virtually. Um, but, but we did get to spend some time with them. And again, we just kind of clicked. They knew where they thought we should go. We knew where we wanted to go and yeah. it all just came together. You know, and that's a good point for those listening who are considering raising a next round or a first round or whatever you're at in your growth process, you need to consider a lot of these things. And, and I'm going to ask how a little bit more detail about this because so many people need to raise money but aren't because they're either afraid of it or they're they're nervous that it's coming from the wrong place or they don't want to lose control how why did you make the decision to do this and and has it in your opinion been a good experience and what do you recommend other people well i'd say you know it's been a great experience for us i know it doesn't always turn out that way and i know there are risks involved right but, you know if you go through the right process and we we hired um, an advisor to help us through that process. You know, we're not cool. experts in the space in terms of raising capital. Um, but I would just say, go through a very rigorous process, just like you would do if you're hiring talent within the organization, right? Go through cool. a rigorous process. Make sure that not only do your, does your vision of the business align, but personalities align and connect because you're going to be working right. with these people on a, on a regular basis, particularly in private right. equity. So, you know, there's there's a number of things that have to come together to make it successful. And, uh, you know, sometimes you just get lucky as well. Right. You always need a little luck involved. And I, and I think we got um, the right partner and, and we got lucky with it. Well, let me remind you, luck only comes if you're putting yourself in the right position with the right information. Yes, so absolutely. I think you did a great job. It sounds like you did a really good job now as you jump in. And this is this is again, kind of a unique situation. A lot of our guests are the founders. And so I love the fact that you're not. You worked within the company for seven-ish years. Yeah, before seven, you going on seven years. I love it. So so leading up to that, are there things that you see that you loved about the company that you wanted to implement as you went to run the company? Or, or are there things that you were like, oh my gosh, I cannot wait to change this or the way this is happening? And and have you done those? Are there still things on your list to do? Oh, there's there there will never not be things on my list or any of our <laughs> lists, right? But what I loved about this company is the strength, the credibility, the authoritative voice we have in every single market that we serve, right? Regardless of right. the sector that we're in, regardless of the audience, we are the number one respected voice. What we hadn't done is bring that all together to create one company and leverage the data across those markets and brands to build something much bigger. So we had we had the foundation, we just really needed the strategy and the vision to bring it all together. And and how did that uh you know, going back to like the the first question in the interview, 
who do you feel like is your perfect avatar and has that changed, you know, in, in the transition of, of leadership? Are you still hitting the same types of clients that you were before that you are now? We are able to expand our audience, both with clients and readers and uh, anyone we touch. So, for instance, again, going back to the old days, we would go and say, hey, would you like to, I use the Massachusetts Lawyers Weekly example, would you like to advertise in the Massachusetts right. Lawyers Weekly? You, you reach every lawyer in, in the market. Sure. Now what we can do sure. is bundle our audience together and say, we reach 600,000 attorneys across the U.S., and we reach them in X practice areas. We know plaintiff, defense, and not only can we reach this much larger audience to for you to deliver your message to the right person, we can segment that right. in certain ways that if you're really targeted, we can help you reach that and get you the insights again on the back end and take you through that whole journey um, again in a way that we couldn't do in the past. Now, I'm not suggesting we're we're all the way there yet. We're working our way towards where we want to be, but we've made significant progress. I am so glad you're here. And I just wanted to take a few seconds to tell you about a program that we have assembled with a lot of our podcast guests and a lot of people who are listening to the show who are feeling the same way that they do. There's a recurring theme. You'll hear a lot of these founders talk about I couldn't have done it without my team. I couldn't have done it without a, a support group of peers. I couldn't have done it without having someone to talk to that understood my feeling of isolation as an operator of my business. You see, you're not alone. It is hard running a business and it's even harder when you know you can't express all your deepest concerns and frustrations with your executive team. It makes them nervous. It gets them scared. You don't want scared people on your executive team. So where do you turn? The Captain's Council is where you turn. The Captain's Council it is an organization that we are put together with podcast guests, as well as people who are listening, who are in the same boat. You see, peers are the only ones that can give you the type of empathy, the type of advice that only a founder or operator know and understand. Go check it out at captainscouncil.com. I know you're going to love what you see there. We have put together an organizational structure that has small group settings, a global community of founders and operators, as well as monthly and quarterly in-person events. You're going to love what you see there. I can't wait for you to check it out and enjoy the rest of this episode. Love it. Love it. Now, that's pretty cool. I, I, I think that that's a, that's a true sign. I, I'm assuming that you still maintain a lot of communication with a former CEO or your founder. Um, is he still involved in any kind of board relationship or any kind of uh, influence in the company still? No, actually, um, no. It's um, we've we've changed over the management team, um, cool. so we have a really good mix of some folks who've been here for a really long time and have that great institutional knowledge, and awesome. a nice mix of people who have been somewhat in the industry or not even in the industry, because I always think it's good to bring in fresh ideas and fresh thoughts, but who right. really get digital, who get how to build audiences and really have, again, that same shared vision. So we have a great team. And I, I, I think I, I refer think to everything smart. as we, because it is all about we. It's, it's a team effort to, to accomplish any things that we have or that we'd like to in the future. Very smart, very smart. Now, not everything goes perfectly smooth. 
in a transition like that. Are there some highlights that have gone really well as you've kind of managed the growth of what you've seen in the last three years? Well, you know, we've grown nicely. Um, challenging yeah. year in 2023, no doubt, but we've grown nicely over the last couple of years. You know, Good. some of the highlights, what, what I loved seeing is you work with people who are really talented, but have been doing things a certain way for a really long time. Yeah. And you come in yeah. with a new vision, new ideas, and you can see that they're skeptical, right? And then to get those wins, to get those small right. early wins that show progress and show we're on the right track and see how they go that aha moment and really jump on board because they're people worth investing in and, and who you want to work with and help help you grow the business. Um, that's been the most rewarding thing for me. It's really cool when you see that that shift happen, that aha moment. Where like, oh, my God, this really does work. That's awesome. Awesome. I love it. You know, I I love I love what you've been able to do. Now, as you've been in the company prior to assuming control of the company, were there moments where you thought this might happen, or it this is never going to happen, or what? What was that kind of anticipation like in your advancement from uh, what you were your current prior role into what you're doing now? Sure. You know, we. It was challenging under former ownership. So I was skeptical as to whether we'd ever be, be able to get where we, we wanted to go, um, right. which is why we pushed to, to have the company carved out and, and built up as a standalone entity. Um, cool. Then this little thing called COVID hit as we were trying to do that. And, and, and that put a, a, you know, a temporary uh, damper yeah. on, our, on our growth opportunity. But uh, We've come out of it really strong, and again, so I'm I'm so it. excited about where we're headed. But but yeah, I no, it wasn't it. easy to get here. It was, and there were moments of doubt. Well, I applaud you. I applaud you for it. You know, a lot of the conversation on this podcast revolves around exit strategy, uh, uh, succession strategy, what you're going to do as you kind of build and grow and get the company where you want it before you exit. And I love hearing this other side of the story where you're coming in. Uh, as a part of the leadership team and, and taking this over. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm very intrigued by this whole conversation. So no, I love it. I appreciate um, it. So, so at, you know, the challenges, the flip side of that conversation, what are some things that you hit along the way that you thought, ah, crap, I didn't, I didn't see that coming? <laughs> well, outside of COVID, I'll leave COVID aside for a second. <laughs> right. Um, you know, look, change is hard, right? And so, for instance, one of the one of the challenges we had prior to being on this ownership was we we had done five acquisitions in my first three years here. And that yeah. left us with five different billing systems, for example. And wow. under prior yeah. ownership, we couldn't even get investment to move on to one singular unified system. So wow. we've gotten that investment and we've made that change. But going through that process, while yeah. people are still trying to do their day jobs, still a little skeptical, new ownership, all that at once is a lot for people. Right. Yeah, and to make yeah. that transformation and see that vision and, and bring, again, using the example of the new billing system together, get it up and running, get it working and change your day to day processes. That is a hard transition for all of us to make. So totally really. Agree. And we had five of those probably in the last two, two and a half years. Wow. So going through those transitions, um, you know, having people who have challenges in their personal life, again, much of it due to COVID and you know, the yeah. way we operate now versus how we operated prior to that. Um, yeah. It has been a challenge for, for me and a number of us um, and continues to be. I'm not, again, I, I don't suggest we're over the hump, 
But totally. to see the progress being made, I think it gets people rejuvenated and, and they understand why we're making the, the sacrifices that we make. So, so the journey for the company, though, has been fairly constant in terms of it sounds like you've had multiple acquisitions uh, along the way. And, and is there a plan to acquire more? What, what is your growth strategy? Because a lot of people don't even consider that as part of their growth strategy. No, it absolutely is. Um, we want to cool. grow organically and inorganically. And we haven't made any acquisitions. We've come, we've gotten to use a football expression to the two yard line a few times, but nice. never gotten to the, never crossed the goal line. Uh, but we are always actively looking and, um, and again, have the support to, to make a, a, you know, an acquisition as it makes sense strategically. So, so coming from the background that you've come in from, and, and dealing with all these other leadership teams that you've acquired along the way, how have there been any, uh, is there some advice that you'd give to people involved in acquisition growth strategy to kind of adapt those people into the new environment within your organization? I'd say, you know, good people are worth investing in, right? And sometimes that requires more patience than you're typically used to having, yeah. but if you have good people, you know, it's, it's that, are they willing to do it is if they have the willingness um, it's worth investing and in helping them get, whether it's acquiring a new skill or just understanding a new process. So we've tried to be patient with the people who we really know or knew could help us scale the organization. So right. I just say, have patience, work with your people, invest in your people. And, you know, you'd be surprised at what, collectively you can accomplish. Love it. That's some great advice right there, honestly. Um, I, I, I'm still, you know, help, help me understand the acquisition side. Were you involved in a lot of the prior acquisitions uh, as part of the leadership team and to where yeah. strategically you should go? So, so how has I was, that, I, uh, yeah. I mean, how has that impacted the way you foresee the company moving in the next five years? Well, we have a, a management team that's all got a lot of M&A experience. So as we awesome. look at inorganic growth, you know, we think about types of businesses that are either that are in our verticals, right, to expand within those verticals. We think about complementary businesses right. um, or businesses that have complementary audiences to, again, continue to expand our audience 100%. platform and that first party data. And, you know, pure plays, you know, we do 300 events a year as a business, um, is there a pure play event company out there that, that makes sense? Or is there a awesome. lead gen company as we transform to digital? So kind of a lot of different um, avenues that we're looking. And, uh, but, you know, like I said, we have a lot of experience on the management team in doing these and various experiences. So Love kind it. of bringing that together with the help of our, our partners on the, on the private equity end as well. Very cool. Very cool stuff. I would imagine that private equity partners look at you as a great target because of your experience in acquisition and your experience in growth and things like that. What other things do you think that you guys have done to make yourself an attractive investment for these firms to, to grow with? We, uh, we're very efficient with our resources and, uh, and financial sponsors like that. That's always attractive. But you know, it's really about changing that revenue mix at the end of the day, right? It's all about are you growing the revenue and you're growing the top line profitably. Right. And, right. and we keep an eye on revenue and also the margin on that revenue. And so we're moving from, we're transforming from less profitable 
lower margin revenue streams to higher margin revenue streams again with a digital first mentality so we think about that in everything that we do and that's sort of what drives the strategy as to where we make our investments that's really smart really really smart i think that a lot of people get stuck with product that they don't know what to do with after five years and they don't know how to expire or or get rid of a product that really isn't as efficient or profitable as it should be. How have you been able to kind of differentiate your product offering into less of this, more of that? And, and how do you get buy-in from your team to do that? Because sometimes, sometimes they're very uh, uh, emotionally connected to product. So some of the toughest conversations we've had over the last couple of years have been around what can we not, what should we not do? What do we need to stop doing? Right. Because the answer of we've always done it this way. We do this. I don't know why we do it. We do it because we've done it. That's not a good answer. Right. In a world where we have limited resources and we're trying to be as efficient as possible, you can't be all things to all people. So there are things you just have to take that sentimental value, put it aside and just stop doing it because it's not good for business. So those are tough conversations and that's, that's harder in my view, than creating new product. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I, I think I think ideation and creation gets everyone excited, but when you're right. trying to put away something that's not that's not working as well as you want it to be or need it to be, that is an emotionally hard thing to do. It is, it is, and it's you know again I, I caveat everything by saying we're not we're not all the way where we want to be in any of these respects, but I feel like we've made significant progress. Hal, I think you're well on your way to to growing this into a nice exit for both you, your partners, and everyone involved in the in the private equity side. Moving forward, what is some advice that you you wish somebody would have given you when you first came in three years ago to get you where you're at now faster? Is there something? Well, I'd say I'm not a very patient person. I've had to learn. <laughs> and acquire that skill and build that skill. I think um, Love just it. understand, yeah, we move fast. Change is important. Change is necessary. Change is hard. But step back. Always take time to step back and reflect and take a breath. Have a little bit of patience. Let things happen um, Love it. as you're moving. I, I, again, it's, it's, it's I I'd it. say the other part is just reflection, right? It doesn't always feel like you're making the progress that you are, but then when you have the chance to step back, you go, wow, look at what we've accomplished. And sharing that, right? Sharing successes across the organization so everyone else can feel the same way. I love it. Now, is there somebody in your circle, somebody that uh, has kind of been a mentor to you that's helped you establish what you've been able to do in the time you've been there? You know, it's kind of corny, but I'd say I learned most of my skills from my parents. Um, And the combination of the two, they were... uh, they're very different in many ways, um, but I think I've taken, you know, my dad, it was much more of a social. He was in sales. My mom was in banking. So I got sort of the numbers and the financial sense from her and <laughs> bringing awesome. those together. I mean, they've really been my greatest mentors. And again, so many people I can name who I've worked with uh, through the years in my professional life. But uh, but again, it probably I sounds funny, always take but a parent really shout out to them. Always take a parent shout out. I love that. Absolutely. absolutely. Dude. Well, listen, I appreciate your time today. I honestly, the content that you've shared is very, very valuable to not only me, but all of our listening audience. 
If you had wished you'd asked Hal anything, put it in the comments below. We'd love to hear what you think and Hal will be monitoring that. We'll let him know whenever you ask a question about him and his company. And of course, reach out to him. He's available on LinkedIn. We'll put all this con connection information below. Hal, thank you so much for being part of the program. It was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Really enjoyed it. Hey, thanks so much for being a part of the interview. Isn't Hal a great guy? Honestly, he's very diplomatic. He's very aggressive in his growth. I think that his, uh, his uh, uh, comments about his personality style, they make him a great operator for this business. And I can see why he was put in that position to lead that company where they want it to go. I love, love, love stories like this. If you're in that similar position, if you are an operator of a company that you did not found, let us know in the comments below. I love your feedback. Do you want to hear from more people like this? Do you want to hear from more founders? What inspires you on the Growth and Scaling podcast? We want to know. We also want to know, as I talked to Hal offline, I found out that he's also a part of some peer network communities that help him both in his industry and on a very CEO level. Are you a part of one? If not, why not? There is so much to learn from your peers when it comes to building and implementing a strategy that will take your company through a growth phase that you need to hit. The Growth and Scaling Podcast is proudly sponsored by a group such as that called the Captain's Council. The Captain's Council is a group that I put together personally. We're growing and building this community all the time. And if you need a place to land where you, your voice can be heard amongst peers in both an intimate group of eight to 10 founders or operators, or in our global community of hundreds of, of operators, this is where you need to be. Learn what it takes. What are your next steps? This is not a startup community. This is a growth and scaling community. These are people who have launched successfully, are operating high net uh, margin companies and are profitable, building revenue every year and compounding their growth. You need to be part of this community if you want to grow and scale. So thanks for listening to the episode. We look forward to catching you on captainscouncil.com, captainscouncil.com. And thanks for enjoying the podcast. We hope to catch you on the next episode. And we we'll look forward to seeing you then.